welcome to this Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the CEO of Law in Sport. Today, I'm also joined by a co-host and colleague, Chris Bond, who's the editor uh, for Law in Sport. Chris, thanks for joining me. Today, it's an unusual one for you to, to jump in on the podcast, but delighted to have you with us. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Now, our special guests for today are two world-leading experts on the issue of state aid, which has become, as many of you have seen if you've been following the press and particularly relating to Spanish football, become a very important uh, topic for not only for football, but for sport across uh, the European Union um, and EU member states. So I'm delighted to welcome Maria Segura Catalan, who is a founder of the law firm Clayton and Segura, and her colleague and co-founder, Marianne Clayton, who um, both of which... Um, are based in Brussels, and actually, we were had the privilege of being introduced to on a, a very strong recommendation from Ben Joaquin, who's one of the world's leading sports lawyers and competition law, who's a law and sport editorial member. And he spoke so highly of you guys uh, in terms of the work that you've done. Um, we were delighted to, to to speak with you, and over the last say year or so, we've developed a relationship, and uh, you know, you participated in our conference, you've written a few articles for us. And you're not, uh, as, as Benoit said, what you don't know about state, state aid law is not worth knowing. Now, for um, our audience who may not be familiar with state aid, because it is a very complex area, would one of you be able to start us off with um, explaining what state aid law is and how it applies to the sports sector? Thank you, Sean. And uh, let me start by saying that we're delighted to be in this podcast. We're very excited. And thank you very much for inviting us. So stated, stated is always, uh, we often get the question, of course, what is stated? Because it's not a field of law, which is very uh, well known. It's very technical also, even though it's been coming into the news and we get the question more and more often, which is a very good thing. So basically, you should ask yourself whether you have a state aid problem whenever you have a member state or a regional authority or a public body intervening in the economy. Now, people with a competition law background, everybody understands intuitively that if you have big companies joining together and agreeing on a practice, this is really potentially very distortive of competition. But people find it far less intuitive to think that actually member states or public bodies, they have potentially a ginormous financial capacity and a very big capacity also to have very distortive practices uh, effect on the market, basically. So whenever a public body intervenes on the market, you should ask yourself, do I have a state aid problem? This can take many different forms. It could be the city of Paris giving a plot of land to the football club to start to, to build a stadium. It could be the city of Milan giving a special tax regime to the, a sports club. It can be a loan. It can be a direct grant to build a stadium. It can take many, many different forms. And that's the beauty of stated is that it's potentially everywhere and in many different hidden forms. So whenever there's a public intervention on the market, you need to ask yourself, do I have a stated problem here or do I not? 
And um, that's really interesting. You particularly mentioned the word hidden. One of the things that's come up from... from, from oh, sorry, Maria. No, sorry. I'll follow up on your hidden point. So probably our brains were thinking the same. Because, for instance, if you take... Marianne was mentioning the, the plot of land. So if you think obviously on a donation so a municipality gives uh, you the land for free everybody is going to be aware that there is state involved but there are more um, elaborated uh, ways of giving you state aid for instance you could think of a swap of properties where you think well my property is also uh, has a value so why would we consider that we are in the world of state aid if I have swap uh, land in the middle of the city for instance for a land somewhere else um, it has a value but it is true that it has a value but maybe the value of the properties that are swap is not the same maybe even if there is an additional payment the conditions for the payment are not 100% the conditions that a private operator would ask for. So you ha always have to think, if it wasn't the public power who was owning this uh, land or who was giving me this support, would a private operator give it to me on the same conditions? Also, when Marianne was talking about loans, and obviously you can also get a loan from a, a, from a private company or you can get a loan from a public institution. If the conditions would be similar, then you can be quite relaxed about it and think, well, there is no state aid. But if you have a good deal, a sweet deal, then all the alarms should, uh, should start ringing and should put you on warning and have a check whether what you're getting is really just something which complies with market criteria or whether somebody is giving you a little bit of a hand, which which not by definition is bad. Eh? I mean, there is also state aid. We always think about state aid as being something evil. No. And it's also very important when we talk about state aid to also uh, say that in the state aid world, it's the one who receives the aid who really should ask himself the question whether what he's getting is state aid or not. Because even though Maybe it's the member state who should have checked whether the aid that was given was okay, but it's always the recipient of the aid who is the loser in the state aid world, who has to pay back what it has received that it should not have received, and you need to pay back 10 years with compound interest. So the beneficiary of the, the illegal or incompatible aid is always the loser in the state aid world. Uh, that's yeah that's that's really interesting uh Marin. just stepping back a bit um do, do state aid concepts and legal principles apply in, anywhere else or, or are they unique to the european union for example like, do you see them in the us between you know states and, and at state law and and if so what, what why are they unique to the european union the, the concept of the state aid concept is a e European invention or creation. It does not exist anywhere else in the world. And why does it exist only in the EU? Is because it was considered as a um, fundamental aspect of the functioning of the internal market. So if you want to have an internal market which functions properly, you need to make sure competition works properly between com companies functioning in the EU market, but you also need to make sure that the member states, rich member states, are not allowed to subsidize and support their national champions and poorer member states are not allowed to do so because otherwise there's no point intervening at the level of pure competition law between companies if member states are allowed to intervene in the economy 
and uh, support a richer country with deeper pockets can really support their own national um, economies. And then you might say, well, that's very good, Marianne, but there are other big countries with big markets. What about the U.S.? You could also say that in the U.S. you could have this uh, competition between states which are richer or others or than others, and uh, probably it's more... I don't really have the answer to this question. The only thing we can say is that the EU is the only organization with stated rules. And it's actually also a question because there's an issue of how the EU in itself can compete in a global world, in a global economy, where stated rules only apply in the EU. And for example, it was an issue in research and development. Many countries can invest ginormous amounts of money in research and in our system, this is controlled. So it's one of the big questions in the EU stated world. Oh, super interesting. And so you, you touched on um, you know, the fact that the recipient of the aid is the one who's going to have to pay it back, who should be aware of um, of whether or not the benefit that they're inferring is actual state aid, whether you said it was loan, a loan or land or tax rates, etc. In terms of then, before we, I want we've got some real examples to, to go through, which I think are very interesting. Would you recommend then, say for example, you are a, a you know a football club, a rugby club, basketball, volleyball, whatever it is, that you are taking or you, you, at least your, your council are asking those questions? Um, and how, how deep do you need to go when you're asking those questions to make sure that if you are getting a bank loan or if you are, um, you know, how proactive can you be is basically what I'm trying to ask in terms of making sure that you're not um, receiving that benefit. Because it would seem to me that at times, you, you know, certain parties could receive, say, a, a preferential bank rate uh, or interest rates on, on a loan and be almost blissfully unaware that they're actually receiving state aid, which seems slightly unfair. No, I think when you're talking about awareness by by the clubs and also how deep the assessment should go every time there is a, a possibility that uh, a club receives state aid, I think there is also here, like in many other areas of the economy, the big undertakings, they have... Uh, always a legal team that advises them or they have uh constant advisors on legal matters, so they will be more aware of that and they will probably have the uh yeah the, the, the practical approach to that of always identifying whether there is a risk or not because at the end of the day everything is also a bit of a risk assessment i think it is more problematic when you come to middle-sized clubs no matter the sport because they're they are not they do not necessarily have legal advisors on regular basis and then they might miss the opportunity of having done the assessment. So that's why raising awareness is a very important tool and that's why this podcast we have to congratulate you because it's very helpful also for clubs that could be listening to us right now because it's not that you have to check everything but you have to check the big things where a substantial amount of risk is involved and all the clubs do risk assessments because they are companies and all companies do risk assessments so whenever there is something that's really sweet for you then think about it because it's better to have it assessed it's not going to cost a lot of time or a lot of money it's not going to delay it a lot but it could save you a lot of time money and worries 
in the future. So that would probably be the like the uh, the balancing exercise between the risk and the proper assessment. When do you have to do it? When it sounds really interesting. We, we're talking about clubs, but it could be any undertaking, right? And and so and in the article that you've kindly written for us, which I thought was very interesting, that this doesn't mean that if you're a not-for-profit that you that you're not caught by this, or if you're an amateur club, you're not caught by this. You potentially could be, which I thought was very interesting. Um, now, coming back then to some specific cases, we've had a number of cases, both in with with Spanish clubs um, and in the Netherlands. Um, could you run through, uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, because uh, we were just talking about it just before we started, um, the issue uh, or the case that was is currently ongoing with Valencia, uh, and the Elche case. Mm. Yes, so this is a typical example of how a state aid case can happen um, from the beginning till the nearly the, the end. So what happened in the case of these three football clubs in Spain in the region of, of Valencia was that there were, um, the commission was alerted that uh, there were complaints and this is the risk always of state aid that somebody, a competitor, a neighbour, well a neighbour now it would be more complicated but somebody that is alerted and thinks this is not fair because there is an effect on its own uh, competitive or economic position alerts the commission that you may have received some support from the state that is not necessarily in compliance with the state aid rules. So then this was what happened in this case. So the commission was alerted that uh, these three clubs were have obtained some support in the form of guarantees for commercial loans from uh, the state bank in the region. And then they initiated an investigation and it in state aid procedure, you have very clear phases. You have a first phase where the commission officially opens the formal investigation on the measure, on the matter. And then it is published in the official journal of the European Union. So people see, other clubs see it, other member states see it. Everybody can see that the commission is concerned whether a beneficiary, in this case, these three football clubs, receives state aid in the form of a guarantee from a public bank. And then they made the investigation and then they closed the investigation with a final decision. And this is what Marianne was saying before. It is the beneficiary who really has to pay the bill if something goes wrong. Because here the commission came to the conclusion that these guarantees had not been priced as they would have been priced had a private bank guaranteed the loan. So that was the element of aid. So you have to compare what the public did with what a private uh, would have done. So then the Commission comes to the conclusion these clubs receive incompatible state aid and then they ask them to repay the amount of money corresponding to this advantage. Because it's granted at a point in time and until you have the recovery decision, there is some time elapsing. Marianne was mentioning you have to pay interest on this amount of money. So if you get 1 million, you don't repay 1 million, you repay 1 million plus the interest, compound interest of all the years that have elapsed until you get the negative decision. What happened there obviously was, like in most of the cases, when you're asked to repay the aid, that you go to the court. So all the three clubs went to the general court and asked for the annulment of the decision from the commission. And the three clubs were in different uh, cases. They were all the three successful because the court annulled for all the three clubs the decision from the commission. But the commission was not happy with the result concerning Valencia, 
the Commission considers that the judgment of the General Court regarding this club and this decision was not correct, so it appealed the judgment to the Court of Justice. So now we are in, in the phase of examination by the Court of Justice of the appeal by the Commission whether the judgment of the General Court was correct or not. Now the outcome can be the judgment is confirmed, so the decision is annulled, or the judgment is not confirmed and then the General Court will have to issue a new judgment and then the, ga the game is open again because the General Court could consider the Commission was right and confirms the decision or the Commission was wrong and annuls the decision again. So we can, in some cases of state aid you have several rounds going up and down <laughs> depending on the result. That's it, Maria. Do you want to explain briefly the, the, the reason why the Commission's decision was annulled? Um, so we've got these guarantees. Um, wouldn't that seem like a pretty cut and clean case of state aid if, uh, you know, the same terms are available on the market? Yeah, exactly. No, thank you, Chris, for the question. It's very good because it's actually very practical reasons why the decision was annulled. Because the, the burden of examination of the state aid measure that it is put on the Commission is quite high. So the Commission is supposed to carry out an independent and impartial assessment of all the information it has at its disposal. So in this case, they, they need to check whether the, the, the conditions for the, for the guarantee that was on a commercial loan, the counter-guarantees for this guarantee, whether all these elements of the transaction, the Commission needs to assess all these elements in order to determine whether in a normal private market constellation, the conditions would have been the same. So was there a counter-guarantee, yes or no? What is the value of the counter-guarantee? What were the interests that were requested for the guarantee? Were there counterbalanced by the counter-guarantee? So it's a very detailed economic assessment that has to be carried out by the Commission. And it is very important that the Commission has to assess everything that it knows about the case. So this is a very important element. And in the case of Valencia, is uh, a bit more complicated because there was a restructuring plan from Valencia, so the, the operation is very complex. So the, the difficulty with state aid cases is not only that it is a legal issue, but it is also very much factual issue. So it varies very much from one case to another, what will be the outcome of, of the assessment. So that's why it's very, very important to be very picky on the facts so that you can apply the law correctly. And in the Valencia case, the case was very complicated, as I said, with this restructuring plan. And so it was a very complex operation. And uh, it, it had to be, uh, well, it required a lot of assessment, but the court, the general court, considered that uh, the commission should have carried out the assessment in a different manner. And we've had, uh, literally, in the last week, we've had the um, decision on the Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Bilbao, and Atletico um, Osasuna uh, cases or in relation to tax rates. Did you want to just quickly, you know, provide a, a short overview of um, what happened in those cases and where I sat in the, in the overall process of things? So yes, you're right, uh, Sean, that we got the judgment for the, from the Court of Justice uh, last week on the Barcelona club case. Um, this is a very interesting case. It started with the, the four football clubs, as you said, but in the end, only the Barcelona football club went to the very bitter end of the legal journey of going to the Court of Justice. Um, this was a case concerning a change in the 
tax, uh, the legal form of a company and the tax regime, which uh, those fo football clubs uh, were, sub were uh, the, the regime they were under, they had to change. And um, this case is very much uh, a really pure state aid case for really state aid practitioners, because the question was really whether, how far, uh, how far the commission had to go when it had to assess basically the, the tax regime those clubs were, were under. So basically, they were under a special regime where if you looked at it in isolation, would clearly be considered as granting an advantage in stated terms. So in, in order to have an ad, a state aid, you need to have received an advantage, of course. So it can be land, it can be loan at a better rate, it can be a special tax regime, whatever. So this particular regime, those clubs were subject to, if looked on, uh, on its own in isolation, amounted to a, a grant of a preferential tax regime, basically. But the Spanish authorities and the clubs argued that actually it was not correct to look at this specific specific regime in isolation, because when you were under this regime, you could have other impacts, other different types of tax regime, which may potentially compensate the benefit you had under that regime. So you should not only look at the one measure, you should have a broader view of the global tax regime and look at it in a bigger, bigger frame, basically. And uh, from a state aid point of view, this was very much criticized because you, there are too many potential hypothetical changes. The clubs could decide to claim the other regime or not. It means you need to potentially look at regimes in their absolute globality. It was basically un unmanageable from a stated assessment point of view. So the Court of Justice confirmed that actually the Commission had been right in assessing the advantage and the measure, only the measure in itself, and not starting speculating, oh, yes, this regime looks like it's more favorable, but because under that regime, there are other potential tax options which may compensate this advantage, then this would not be stated. So that was basically the point which was clarified last week by the judgment of the Court of Justice. Thank you for that um, overview. And um, I'm glad you said that it was unworkable because I was trying to work out how you do that and my brain was about to explode. <laughs> I was thinking that seems like a very complex issue. Um, how would you even, you know, yeah, go go ahead with that? Uh, so, Chris. Yeah, j just on that, I, I hate to work in too many sort of hypotheticals, but w what if the tax breaks that have been afforded to Barcelona and Real and the... Uh, other two clubs were provided to the whole of La Liga. And this relates to the point of how you assess whether it affects sort of trade between member states. So, for example, if you're providing a tax break to a whole league instead of to one particular club, all the clubs in that league would still confer, a, you know, have a benefit conferred upon them in relation to other European football clubs. Is that assessed differently? So, so Chris, could I could I say let's pause that for a second, just for the reason that I think that you may want to pick that up, Maria, in in response to a broader question, which is everything going on with the pandemic, 
at the moment and all the tax breaks that's kind of a situation that we're we are seeing so you know in terms of the broader maybe you want to frame that not only in terms of that hypothetical but we have actually seen this incur in terms of you know a national you know um a government inferring benefits across a, a broad group of in uh, of of um not only sectors but also leagues and uh, particular participants the the way you could look at a measure which benefits a sector, no matter whether it, whether it is the sector of sports as such or whether it is the football sector, which is also a, a sub-sector of the uh, sports sector, in terms of state aid, you would consider that this is sectoral aid in principle. So you would have to have an action that concerns one aspect, one economic, one financial, one fiscal aspect that only concerns this particular sector where you would amend it and not grant aid. So maybe my answer is a bit complicated, but what I want to say is if you grant aid to the car industry, it is aid even if all car producers benefit from aid. If you grant uh, a measure to the whole sports sector, it is still a measure. So if the sports sector, instead of paying 20% uh, tax on the revenues, they only pay 10%, is only the sports sector who pays 10%, and it is an economic sector. So this is state aid. Even if all the clubs throughout all the sports will pay it, it is the, the tax on revenues is a general tax that is applicable to all business. Therefore, to apply it only to the sports sectors is state aid. And such a measure, for instance, is very difficult to consider that this is a compatible aid because the fact that it is aid is not bad per se because you can consider that the measure is good for some reasons and then consider it compatible. But a tax reduction on the uh, general tax on revenues for the sports sector would be very difficult to justify from the point of view of state aid. There are other measures that could could be feasible for the sports world because it's, it's the only is the only sector that it is a concern by a by by a particular measure, but it's is a is a detailed exercise that will have to ca be carried out to avoid that the measure is considered state aid just by the fact that it is a sector. And so, how then does that relate to all of the essential state aid during a crisis like this, a pandemic at the moment? How how do you see that playing out? Because if I'm correct, there's been cases of state cases on state aid cases that have been brought forward but they've uh, they've been found to be uh, and you have to correct me with the right correct legal term but they've essentially um, been permitted because they're a relation and they've conferred a wider benefit not only just on the sports sector I'm thinking particularly of the cases that you've mentioned in your article around the the, 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 the cases in the Netherlands where it had such a, a broad impact on society as such that it wasn't sector specific and therefore it wasn't if that's correct my correct understanding of, of your article that it wasn't uh, that it wasn't deemed um, you know breaching the state aid law. Yeah, you, you, the, indeed, the, the, the Commission has adopted a temporary framework to deal specifically with the, the, the financial crisis, the, not the financial crisis, the COVID crisis and the impact on the real economy. And um, the, these measures are not targeted specifically to the sports world, but I mean, the, the sports sector could benefit from, uh, from those measures huh? because as undertakings, of course, if they, they are faced with economic difficulties due to the COVID, they could benefit from it. Huh? And um, the, the measures have been drafted as being very wide and very open. I mean, you have some individual 
support individual aid measures in the COVID world for certain companies, for example, airplanes, or you could have also in the sports sector aid granted to compensate for damage for cancellation of events. For example, this could be an instrument which would be very well suited to address certain issues in the sports world, or you have the general measures which, is, which are open to uh, the entire economy, facility to get loans or even grants and so on, which potentially the, the sports sector could benefit from. And this is really interesting that the sports sector, which has been so um, hit hardly by the, by the COVID, actually it's also up to the member states, the commission, sets the rules for what is stated, what is not, what kind of stated can be granted or not. And in the COVID context, the commission has really softened the, the rules, loosened up and given a really good toolbox to the member states to support whoever they decide they want to support. So now the question is, you know, it's for member states or local authorities or regions to decide that they think the sports sector really needs support and how can they give this much needed support in the context of the exceptional COVID temporary framework rules. And, and could you see a situation where the Commission have relaxed the rules current presently, a member state implements a scheme which maybe goes beyond that, not intentionally necessarily, because it seemed to me that maybe at the times people aren't trying to necessarily intentionally uh, subvert the rules, but they just happen to uh, go beyond what the commission have said. Do you think that is, you know, particularly in future years, maybe in the next what, two or three years, that when these, hopefully when we all bounce back from the current pandemic, and the economy's better and sports running, that they start to go, you know, people start to look at who's maybe um, benefited greater than others, that there could be, uh, uh, it could be some risk that some of these provisions were, let's say, as people are trying to deal with the pandemic and react very quickly and just implement stuff, that they go beyond what the commission intend. Well, in, in theory, we have a system where this, this should not happen because, I mean, you have two different types of aid. Either you have individual aid, which you give to one specific company, and uh, depending on whether you need to notify it or not to go to the commission, it depends on the amount of the aid you will grant. But either you go to the commission for notification and then the commission will look at the case and authorize you or not. And then there's a follow-up in theory or you're, you're on the basis of a lower rate. And then in any event, you have an obligation to keep informing the commission of what you have done. If you're granting aid on the basis of a scheme, a general scheme, which says, for example, uh, in Italy, you can give aid in that form for this type of company, and then the companies go to the body in charge of managing the scheme and they ask for it. There's always an obligation to report and to actually go back to the commission and say, this scheme which we have put in place, these are the companies who have benefited from it. This is what they got. This is the form of aid they got. So in theory, there is monitoring and reporting, and you're not supposed to misapply or misuse aid which has been authorized or not. I mean, this is the theory. Of course, then comes the question of how far in practice the monitoring is done, 
resources within the commission and so on. So, I mean, in theory, we have a system where this should not happen. But I mean, this is the world of theory. And then if this manages to go through unnoticed, which of course is always a possibility, then you fall back to the normal rules in the stated world, which is that if you have received stated, which you should not have received, you can always get caught and you get caught. Why? Because someone has complained. So you have a competitor who's going to go to the commission and say, have a look there. This football club has got more than it should have, or it should not have got anything at all. Or you can have the commission, which we, which will start on its own, what we call ex officio. So, they will see in an article in a newspaper, whatever, and then they will send questions to the body saying, oh, come on, you've, you've been getting this type of aid. This is not authorized. So this is the normal life of state aid when you get state aid, which you're not supposed to, to get. Yeah, exactly. If I may add something to what Marianne is saying, because as she was saying, um, there is a clear procedure to grant state aid and the commission has set up the framework but uh, as Marianne was saying it is the decision of each member state how to support and what to support in the economy so the aid schemes are not commission schemes it is the policy decision of each member state so one organization in member state a could think oh we got this form of aid or the other with so and so much support and in member state B our colleagues of the same kind of uh, sport club they have gotten much more and then they could think well this is too much aid there is something wrong here maybe yes but maybe not because at the end of the day it is the decision of the member states authorities how to intervene in the economy, what kind of measures they want to grant and how. So it doesn't mean the fact that you have different support in different member states doesn't mean that one is illegal and the other one is legal. So it's much more complex than that. Mm. And actually, to, to, to sum it up, really, the, the question now for sectors in the economy, be it sports sector or any other sector, if they feel they're not getting the support they need uh, from their member state, the question now is not so much a stated issue and a stated framework. It's rather a political or economic, of course, uh, decision by the member states because the rules have really made it possible uh, for member states to support uh, whoever they consider needs to be supported. I mean, there are rules to be followed, of course, but I mean, the rules have been loosened up very seriously because we're in times of crisis. And when this crisis ends, we will go back to more normal stated control and stated rules. Well, thank you so much. I think it's clear for everyone who's tuned in that uh, why... At the introduction, we said you're known as being leaders in this field because you've made what is an incredibly complex area. And I think you've done a great job of, of articulating all the different factors that need to be considered um, and providing clarity on, on a whole bunch of cases. And of course, you've written a bunch of articles for us as well for Law and Sport that we'll put links into the into the, the uh, podcast. And you may be that you're listening, you're reading one of the articles and you're listening on that. Uh, thank you so much. I think there's probably some further stuff to do on this in terms of 
uh, maybe some webinars or something along those lines uh, looking into this maybe taking some questions from from the, from the wider community and our members because as i said i think probably people come away from this good and said it's fascinating still more questions to ask it's absolutely brilliant thank you for taking the time out i have you know me and chris we know how busy you guys are and you, you know you're wall to wall with work and so we do greatly appreciate you taking the time out to uh, speak to us and explain this you know very very interesting area but extremely complex area so thank you well sadly that's all we have time for for this show but thank you for tuning in now remember for all the latest legal developments and analysis and commentary of sports law issues around the world go to lawinsport.com follow us on soundcloud twitter itunes instagram all the platforms you can imagine and importantly if you like what we do if you're a fan of the show if you're a fan of law in sport if you like the community that we're trying to build and the work that we do please do tell people about it please do share it if you get knowledge from this that is useful to you in your work please do tell people word of mouth matters to us we don't do any pay for advertising we literally rely on our reputation and hopefully it's a good one <laughs> but joking aside if you like what we do we appreciate your support thanks so much for tuning in please do share it with people and other than that wherever you are whatever time of day it is in the world i hope you're having a wonderful day wonderful evening and thanks again for your support and for tuning in.